Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are y'all ready for the Bible? I am so excited. It is really a privilege to share the Word of God with you. I enjoy the process. I just want to say, I just enjoy the process of saying, Lord, what do you want to say to me and to our church family this week? And him putting something in my heart and then going, and like this past week, like it was just so clear, like this thing that I wanted to share with you. And I thought, this is interesting. Like anyhow, so I'm just going to jump into it rather than, but I'm excited. And it's just a privilege to share it with you today. The message today is called A Priceless Kingdom, A Priceless Kingdom, and I want to open up with Philippians 3, 8, and then we're going to pray. Philippians 3, 8 says this, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage. Ooh, scripture, so of you. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. If you're British, we consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for your interruptions, which are not interruptions at all. You're the king. This is your kingdom. Rule and reign. Have your way. It's our privilege, God, to know you. It's our privilege, God, to serve you. We want to hear from you today. Speak to every heart. Lord, even people's hearts that are in lives right now where their lives feel so loud and they desperately need to hear from you, God, I thank you for your ability to break through with your word. Just pray for the empowerment of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. We love you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, I want to go to Matthew chapter 13 and talk to you about the parables of the hidden treasure and the great pearl of price. And so we're going to jump in. Matthew 13 in verse 44 says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, would you say joy? got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my... That's not in the scripture. And, when the, when in his, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found it, one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You know, in this first parable where a man, again, this is a parable, which means this is a story that Jesus told to teach a lesson. It's not, this isn't the actual like historical account. This is the historical account of a story Jesus told, right? And so Jesus tells this parable, and then the first one, um, a man comes upon a treasure that's hidden in a field. There's no indication that he was searching for it, but once he discovers it, it's almost like he happens upon this this treasure, it says that he, he joyfully sold all he had to go and acquire it. Why, why was it so joyful? Because the value 
of the field was worth way more than all his possessions. When you know you're getting a good value, you're willing to pay for it. And he was saying, you know what? This is well worth everything I have to buy this field because of the treasure that is in it. And you know what? God's kingdom is worth way more than all we possess. Amen? If we perceive the sacrifice of being in the kingdom, um, as if, we, if we perceive it as, as more than the value of the kingdom is, itself, then we're missing something. Because the, what the scripture is saying is the value of the kingdom is worth everything you got. It's worth every sacrifice. It is well worth it. There's no question whatsoever. It's so worth it, it's a joyful to consider the sacrifice because the kingdom is worth so much. Jesus, um, he was only speaking to his disciples when he told this parable, which is very interesting. Because if you can imagine, when Jesus, there were times where he's with big crowds of people. And if he would have said this in a big crowd of people, then a handful of people out there who got it would have been like, ooh, ooh, I get it. And other people would have been like, whoa, that must have been an you know, expensive field. They're just kind of logically thinking through it. But Jesus is telling this to his disciples who had already given up everything to follow Jesus. They had already walked away from their lives. They sold it, as you will, sold everything in a matter of speaking just to follow Jesus. Jesus is saying this to people who have already given it all up. It reminds me of you know, some of our missionary families. There's one missionary family in particular um, in Central Asia who's going to visit us this summer. I'm super excited about that. Um, their kids are going to be part of youth camp and um, going to be here on a Sunday. It's going to be amazing. So I, I, I've commented several times about their lives because they're Brazilian. They've literally given their entire lives for the gospel and for missionary work and grown their kids up in, in some crazy places in the world. And I've said to the congregation, like they, their sacrifice that they've made in their lives is with a capital S. You know, and our sacrifice, if we were to do the comparing, and comparing is not, not typically wise, we, you know, our, our sacrifice would be with a little s. But I think that's not to condemn us, that's to inspire us. That any sacrifice we make is worth it, and if there's more sacrifice to make, it's probably worth it for the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about earning brownie points. I'm talking about for him, for the king, amen? And, you know, when I spend time with them, one of the things that I've noticed is there's no regret in them. There's no, mm, is this worth it? J.D. and Susan Isbell, who spent years in Jamaica, when you spend time with them, you don't, look, you don't talk to them and they go, gosh, you know, I just wish I would have cut that a few years short. Eh, it was a lot to give up. When you talk to um, uh, uh, the Adams, um, what's it? Pritchard and Dana Adams. Thank you, honey. Um, you know, they've given up 38 years to be in Haiti. You know, it's just like the sacrifice that they've made. When you talk to them about it, they don't go, gosh, I just wish I would have. But no, the sacrifice is so worth it because what we obtain, what we receive in the kingdom is worth far more than anything we give up. Some of y'all think, is he about to take an offering? No! <laughs> Don't put it past me. No! I'm, no, no, no. I'm talking about our lives that we turn over to Jesus. 
It's far worth it all. And you know, the thought that the kingdom that we are receiving, the kingdom that we have received, the kingdom that we are part of is worth far more than anything we have in this earth, that thought should be just so humbling. So humbling. The second part, or the second parable B, if you will, it says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and bought it. It's kind of cool how the Lord tells these two back to back because when you look at them, there's subtle differences. It's like the same message but coming from two different vantage points. This time, there's a merchant who's deliberately looking rather than a man who seems to kind of happen upon a treasure, right? So he's looking for fine pearls and the value of the pearl that he finds is worth him selling all of his accumulated wealth. This is a merchant. So you're going to think, this merchant has probably got some cash money, right? He's probably got some rubles. He's probably got something, right? Not rubles, because that's Russian. Anyhow, that would have been very impressive. Um, and the, the first man didn't really know what, didn't know, um, my notes don't make any sense in that line, so I'm going to keep moving. Um, <laughs> That happens. It's, it's, in this parable, it's reasonable to assume that this, par- this merchant had means, that he had money, that he had something. And he's looking for a, a pearl. He's looking for things that he can resell. But he finds something that's worth selling everything he has to buy it. Because what he was obtaining was worth far more than what he was giving up. There was no question to it. Now, it's not about buying your way into the kingdom. That's not what this is about. We receive salvation and we receive the kingdom because we receive the work that Jesus did. He's the one that paid the price for us to come. But there's this attitude about being part of the kingdom where when I turn my life over to Jesus, I really am no longer my own. I'm not really mine anymore because I'm saying, God, I want to follow after you. And that means I'm going to take the reins out of my hands and I'm going to put it in your hands because putting my life into your hands is well worth it and your kingdom is well worth it. When I look at this merchant who's willing to sell everything that he has, and I wonder, like even like the age of the, the merchant, you don't really know, but you don't get the impression that he's a novice. You don't get the impression, you don't have the information. Parables aren't that detailed on purpose. But I wanted to compare him to the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus, and he's like, Jesus, you know, uh, you know what do I need to inherit the, the kingdom? And he's like, you know, I've obeyed the law, I've done all the right things, and that kind of thing. And Jesus says, you just lack one thing to be perfect. Just sell everything you have, come and follow me. It says it this way in Luke chapter 18, verse 22. When Jesus heard this, he said to them, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. He didn't see it. He didn't see that the value of the kingdom was worth far more than anything he had. You know, God blesses us in this world. I don't think he has any problem with us having 
things. I don't think he has a problem with, people ble- with him blessing his people, but he never intended for his blessing to own us. He never intended for things that we can re- acquire to acquire us. And so I, the, one of the best analogies I've ever heard of that is you hold things that God gives you with an open hand. An open hand means that God can put things in your hand. You can receive well when you have an open hand rather than a closed hand. Amen? But when you have an open hand, guess what else can happen? He can take it. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Right? Like it's this concept like it's all yours. It doesn't have me. You have me. And you can bless me. You can give and take. I know that your intent is good for me, that you're going to take good care of me. But nothing in this world has me but you. The rich young ruler, he just didn't see the value of the kingdom. He didn't accurately assess the value of the kingdom of God. He saw the value of what he already possessed, but apparently it possessed him. Why, why am I sharing this with you today? Remember again that Jesus is sharing this with his disciples not with the crowds. He's sharing it with those who've already made a decision to leave it all. And I wonder, had it become familiar to the disciples? Had they been walking along with Jesus long enough and in the kingdom for a few years? It's like, I've been doing this for a while. On May 5th, 1992 is the day I gave my heart to Jesus. And uh, May 5th, just a few days ago, was 29 years ago from when I turned it all in and said, Jesus, I'm all yours. I wonder if they had become familiar in the journey and forgot the value of what they had. And I think maybe Jesus was reminding them, what you are receiving and what you have received is worth far more than anything you've given up. And here's the thing. He was saying this, and most of that group would become martyrs. Most of that group would actually give it all up. And what Jesus is saying is, what you are receiving and what you become a part of is worth way more. And let's, let's remember what we have, what we've received in the kingdom of God. Let's treasure what we've, what we've received in the, in the kingdom of God. Because what we have in knowing Christ, what we have in being able to go before the Lord this morning in prayer, we were just like, God, thank you that, thank you that we can just come before you and, and bring these prayer requests to you. Thank you, God, that we can just come before you. And we recognize that Jesus paid the price so that we can be here. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way for me to be able to just come before the Father and just say, God, I need you. And God, I cry out to you. And God, I love you. And here are the things that are going on in my life. Thank you for the fact that, Jesus, you paid a price so that I can just come into the, God's presence and, and commune with him the way that I do. Like, like, we are so rich. That was a good amen opportunity. Let me try it again. We are so rich. I heard that online. Mm. What makes the kingdom so valuable? Well, first of all, the king. Just the king is worth it. Just the king. He's so worth it. He's worth it all. We came out of prayer this morning. I, I just, sometimes this song goes in, on in my head. You're worthy of it all. 
It goes like this. You're worthy of it all. I can't sing well, so you're going to have to put up with that. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. And you deserve the glory. Like, you're worthy of it all. I'll divest myself of everything. You're worthy of it all. The king is worth it. The other thing that makes the kingdom so valuable is the culture of his kingdom. You see, the spirit of the king emanates throughout the kingdom. And we have a king who came to set us free. To set us free from the yoke of bondage and the slavery of sin. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We, we gave it all up and we received, a kingdom of, and we received his kingdom. And that kingdom is a kingdom of freedom. Amen? of kingdom of freedom. And the culture of that kingdom, Galatians 5.22, this is what his kingdom feels like. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the King and his Spirit is this. Love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. That's how his kingdom rolls. I don't know about you, but I like that kind of atmosphere. Wouldn't you like that kind of atmosphere in your workplace? Wouldn't you like that kind of atmosphere in all the places in this broken world? Right? That is a good kingdom. That is a good culture. The other thing, and I, I'm sure we could list a thousand things. I'm just going to give you three quick things of why the kingdom is so worth it. So worth it. It's not even close. His kingdom is eternal. This is temporal. And his kingdom is eternal. For those of you who would like to invest, that's good compound interest right there. <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on. So maybe treasures in heaven are worth it, right? It's eternal. Man, y'all, let's not forget what we have. Let's not become familiar with who we have. And take it for granted. Because it's worth it all. It's worth it. And you know, as we get a little older, some of us in the room, I remember when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, I'd say, Jesus, I give it all to you. And I thought that was really impressive. And it was in my 19, 20-year-old stuff. But y'all, I didn't have anything. <laughs> I had nothing. When I met when I met Elizabeth, I had like one pair of jeans, one pair of khakis. I bought a sweater just so that I'd have a sweater to wear. I had nothing. It's because I didn't care. <laughs> Who needs more than one pair of jeans? Um, I actually like, anyhow. <laughs> but you know, he's, he's so worth it. Now as you get older, all means something different than it meant then. But let's remember who put it in your hands. Is it really yours or was it given to you, right? We think we're, that we've acquired, but really we've received and we've been blessed. And that's the right way for us to look at it. Maybe you're in a place in your life right now where you feel like when you look at your life, like the ecosystem of your life, 
you're just in a place where you go, God, I, I, I don't even know. Like, I just want to encourage you today, like, if you're in that place of wondering or confusion or frustration with, with what you have, take those assets, whatever it is, your time, your energy, your whatever it is, take who, what you have and just go all in with it. It's like playing poker. I know that's super unspiritual to say from here. But, you know, like with your chips, just put all the chips in the middle. And I'm just going big with the kingdom. Just give it all over to him. It's better in his hands than it is in your hands. And if you're in a place where maybe you haven't made that decision or you've reneged on your decision to just like turn it all over and just follow Jesus, I just want to encourage you. He is worth it. He is worth it. Being in charge of your own life is way overrated. Putting your life into his hands is where it is at. I've done both. I highly recommend it. Put your life into his hands. Put it all into his hands. And what's great is when he is the Lord of your life and your car breaks down, guess whose problem it is? It's his. Right? You lose your job, it's his. You're not well, it's his because he owns you because you have gone all in. If you're in the place where you need to make that kind of decision in your life or you need to kind of re-up or reaffirm that kind of decision in your life, just cry out to the Lord and say, Jesus, I, I, for, I, I receive what you've done on the cross and forgiveness. I receive what you've done for me and ask you, God, to, to just come and to forgive me and to give me new life in you. Just cry out to him and ask him to come into your life. He will save you. He's really good at it. If you're making that decision in the room, I want to hear about it and I want to pray with you. If you're online and you're making that decision, uh, I, I, we want to hear about it. If you would go to victorychristian.church, click on Next Steps, um, we will reach back out to you. And maybe you have questions. We'll answer questions, whatever. Um, we're not going to pressure you. We'll invite you. Because knowing the King, you're just going to be just fine and knowing Him. Can I give you a little bonus material. I did it again this week, didn't I? That's my way of saying, I, wanna, I have a little side topic that I want to give you that's like bonus um, and not the core of what we've worked on today. Unlike the, the pearl merchant, the previous man was not looking to buy the field. Apparently, he happens upon it, right? Yet, he didn't hesitate to buy the field. Um, why did he buy the field in the, in the parable? It's, it was because it was the ethical way to acquire the treasure. Does that make sense? If he would have taken the treasure out of the field without buying it, he would have been stealing. But because the treasure was in the field, if he bought the field, what's in it is his, right? It conveys. Um, the treasure of the kingdom of infinite value was found in a very natural field. That field had beauty and promise in it, but that field probably had a bunch of stones and hard work in it too, right? The treasure of the kingdom of God in you and I's life is found in the midst of a broken world. It isn't the broken world, but it's found in because we're still in it. Does that make sense? So, so when you go to your workplace, your workplace is imperfect, but the kingdom can be expressed in your workplace, amen? When you go to your family, in your family, in your homes, your home is probably not perfect. If it is perfect, I want to hear about it. We'll de deliver you from lying. Um, 
but in your family is imperfect, but the kingdom can be expressed in your family. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like the treasure is in a field. The field may not be perfect, but he had to acquire the entire field. By golly, your church isn't perfect, right? And sometimes what we want is we want the treasure, but not the field. Buy the field, enjoy the treasure. Recognize that we ain't in heaven yet, but there's treasure in this field. There's treasure in your family. There's treasure in the house of the Lord. There's treasure in your workplace. And you are an expression, if you will, even of that treasure. The, the field is full of promise and stones, right? And I think sometimes we have to accurately assess and, and be accurate about, you know what? Um, <laughs> it's not perfect because we're not in heaven yet. But the treasure is in there, and the treasure is well worth it. Does that make sense to you? Because sometimes we just want the good stuff, and we, we have to recognize the treasure's in a field. Go buy the field and receive the whole thing. Amen? Amen. Um, I want to take a moment, and I'm just going to pray with you. And I'm going to pray that, Lord, for us, the value of this kingdom, the infinite value of this kingdom, Help us to really assess it and be willing. Maybe, maybe there's some areas in your life today that you've kind of like got in control of your own hands. If that's you today, can I invite you to let it go? Put it in his hands. Put it in the king's hands. He's got this. I hope today that you, you leave or when you're done online today, I hope that hope that we can all be thankful. If you've received Jesus in your life, it's enough to be infinitely thankful. Amen? Would you stand with me and we'll pray with you. Father, we love you today and we worship you today. And God, I want to reiterate the value of the treasure is first of all you, your kingdom. You're the one who makes this kingdom what it is. You are our hero. Oh, God, we love you today. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for being strong. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your care. Thank you that you have plans and purposes. And thank you that you are a God who does prosper. Thank you that you're, your kingdom and, and for who, who you are and all that it's worth. And we, we declare today, God, as a church family, you're worthy of it all. With joy, we relinquish the control. And with joy, we apprehend the kingdom. We declare today, you are worth it. And we declare today that your kingdom is worth it. We declare today, God, that we are humbled and honored to be receiving such an amazing and a perfect kingdom. We love you and we honor you. We thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.